Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. Master Key. This is Wednesday. Well, so that we have uh, winding down to um, uh, January 2013, getting ready to go into February. And I tell you, time is really, really going by. The Bible did say, if God does not shorten the days, no flesh would be saved. So therefore, we got to do everything within our power to uh, redeem the times and to fulfill purpose, the purpose of our existence, the reason of our being. I want to congratulate you for being with us uh, today, uh, those of you that's on block, those of you that has joined us, and those that will be joining us later by archives. Uh, today is the day that we set aside to talk about relationships. Uh, since Kathy is not with me, so therefore I'll be sharing about manhood, the male gender, and uh, probably one of the most important subjects in the whole Bible from a spiritual perspective, because that is the, uh, the one of the reasons we see such a downfall in our society is because of the attack and the manipulation uh, that's on the male gender. Uh, Satan is a master manipulator. Um, that's his job. And that's why we need the wisdom of Christ, the wisdom of God. We cannot outwit him. But with Christ's wisdom, it will supersede him every time. So evidently a whole lot of us is not walking in the wisdom of God because we see seeing such a uh, manifestation of the breakdown of the family. We're seeing such great uh, destruction of the male gender. Uh, when we look at the staggering statistics, uh, the most uh, men, young men, is in prison or dead, especially uh, the African-American men. We have more African-American men in prison, the prison system than any other uh um, nation. Wouldn't, I wouldn't look for the word nation. Uh, but uh, uh, we need to understand why. What can we do about it? Why are we like that? Why do we see more young men uh, in prison today? Why do we see more? Uh, we see such a uh, rise in such a widespread of uh, fatherless uh, children, uh, young boys ra uh, being raised up without their father, young ladies is being raised up without their uh, father. God did not create man in his image and his likeness. God did not put Adam to sleep, took a real bout, and gave him a... a created a woman and gave him a wife. Uh, God did not uh, give a man the command to procreate. It just God didn't do it just to do it. That was heaven's will. So it was designed for something because God is a God of purpose. It wasn't a coincidence that God created a garden and put the man in the garden and had the man to work the garden. It's not a coincidence that God brought all of the animals before the man and uh, had the man to name the animals. None of this is a coincidence. It's just not a story. But all of these things have spiritual and eternal values as well as consequences. When I begin to look at my life and look at the manipulation of the powers of darkness in my life, 
my father, uh, from understanding, I heard that my father ran away from home at a young age. And uh, uh, I can probably see why, because of uh, uh, how we were disciplined. Most likely that's how he was disciplined. And so I heard this, uh, my grandfather used to really uh, discipline his children very, very hard and severe. He dropped out of school. A majority of them didn't finish school. Uh, the majority of the kids back then, they uh, went to work. And uh, so my father never uh, got an education, nor my mother. Uh, I've heard from my uh, aunt that my mother could have, but she didn't. I don't even think uh, they never talk about it. They never talk about their past. My mother never talked about her past. My father never talked about their past. There was really very, very, very little dialogue in our household about uh, uh, about themselves. So I know absolutely nothing. Very, I put it this way, very, very little about my mother or father past. One of the things that the enemy will always use to destroy the next generation is history. We could never... Uh, uh, advance or become greater if we don't understand history. And I think a lot of us parents, uh, because our parents never talked to us about their past, uh, a lot of parents don't talk to their children today about their past. So the children never get a great understanding of where the parent came from or what God has done in the parent life to give them hope for what God can do in their lives. So I go back and think about the the command of God in the book of Malachi, uh, the last chapter. In the Bible, we begin to talk about how he's going to send the spirit of Elijah in the last day to restore the father to the children, the children to the fathers, and at least he come and smite the earth with a curse. Well, evidently the earth is smitten with a curse because we see there's such a division worldwide, especially here in the United States, of fathers and their children. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So the devil know that scripture. The devil know the command of God because the devil know that the word of God was inspired by God. So God inspired Malachi, the prophet, to write, unless there is a restoration of fathers and children, children and fathers, the earth will be smitten with a curse. And notice, don't you think it's amazing? Notice what's going to be affected if there's no restoration of fathers and children. Notice what is going to be affected, the earth. The earth is what produces everything for our survival. The earth produces uh, 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 the material for our clothing. The earth produces everything for our transportation. The earth produces everything for our shelter. So food will be touched, clothing will be touched, shelter will be touched, as a result of a lack of restoration of fathers to children, children to fathers. He said, I will come and smack the earth with a curse. So it seems like we overlook a lot of things that can block and stop a lot of the devastation that goes on in the earth. So is it possible many of the tornadoes, hurricanes, earthquakes, tsunamis, uh, all of these things that, that brings great devastation. Is it possible because of a lack of the fulfillment of the word or the command of God for the restoration of fathers to children and children to fathers? Those who have read that scripture in the book of Malachi, have you want, ever wonder why they never say that except there be a restoration of mothers to children and children to mothers, 
I will come and smack the earth with a curse. He said nothing about mothers. Because usually mothers is there, fathers is absent. Absent. So therefore, Satan is a hater of humanity. He's a hater of God. God made the man first. So he have a placement in society as an authority. Let me get destroy the order of God and allow the order of God to be usurped or allow the order of God to be forced. Let me create a situation to remove the fathers, to remove the man, and force the woman to ascend to a position of authority that God never assigned for her. Because if I can get the man to vacate his post, if I can get a woman to ascend to a position that God did not create her, then destruction will come. And I don't have to bring destruction, Satan would say. God will bring destruction because that's God's word. And then I will go before God and hold him to his word. This is what Satan would say. God, you've got to destroy the earth. And God would say, why do I have to destroy the earth? Because you said, you spoke through the prophet Malachi and said, if there is not a restoration of fathers to children, children to fathers, you said you will come down and you will smack the earth with a curse. Don't you see how I have destroyed fathers? Have I not manipulated them? Trick them and deceive them to move out of their position of authority? Have not the female gender that you created has ascended to a position of authority that you did not create it? By your own standards, God, is that not illegal? By your own standards, God, is that not sin? Since I cannot touch them, so therefore you got to execute judgment against them because they have violated your word. So you must smite the earth with a curse. How many of us men, how many of us fathers know this scripture and know the command of God about restoration? We need to begin to cry out to God like number before as husbands and fathers, more fathers, cry out to God that God will restore us to the position that he had created us to walk in and he will restore us to a place of honor that we can have a greater level of influence on our children's lives. Children cries out for a father's love, a father's compassion. And believe it or not, children, children, many times they want you to discipline them. Because sometimes a child will see discipline as love, well, at least he's paying some attention to me. But it shouldn't have to be that way. So therefore, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So therefore, in order to destroy generations, all I've got to do is destroy fathers. All I have to do is manipulate fathers. All I have to do is put pressure on the fathers. Well, see, they got many, many devices that he uses. Let me cause the male gender to become insecure. Let me put a spirit of rejection upon them. And let me even manipulate their marriage. Let me manipulate a man to marry a woman or a woman to pursue the man which is out of order. This man suffered from insecurity. The man suffered from a spirit of rejection, 
and let me connect him with a young lady that is confident, a young lady to have a vision, and let me marry them, manipulate their marriage. And then when the man sees that she make more money than him or she's uh, uh, aggressive and, and he's intimidated because of his insecurity, I'm going to let them have about three to five children. And then I'm going to increase the intensity of his insecurity. And then I'm going to cause him to leave the wife because I'm going to use the wife as well to put him down, to measure herself with him. I'm allow her to speak, talk, and live independent of her husband, not in unison with him. I'm going to manipulate her and let her think that she can succeed in life without him. I'm going to let her constantly speak that to him. I'm going to let her uh, 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 articulate, I could have done better by myself than marrying you. Matter of fact, I was doing better before I married you. Matter of fact, since I've been married to you, things has begun to go down. He's already insecure. He's already suffering from a spirit of rejection because he never have, ever had confidence built in him because of the absence of his father. So his manhood has never been developed. And, 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 and even the woman herself, there's a possibility that she didn't have a father, and she did. By her talking like that, her mother was the man and the father was the woman. And most likely... She speaks like that because that's how her mother spoke to her father. So her role model was a reverse of the order of God. And so therefore, she's dominant. She's a usurper because her mother was that way. Her mother talked down to her father, so that was, her, that was the standard. So she talks down to her husband. And so therefore what happens is he ends up leaving her with the five children. And because of her dominance and her pride, she'll walk around saying that I didn't need him no way. I've basically been taking care of the household by myself anyway. No, you're missing the point. You're missing the point that you don't need him. You're missing the point that the children need him. And so, therefore, it was never God's will for you to raise those children by yourself. My mother basically raised seven children by herself. My mother has a dominant personality. Where did she get this dominant personality from? From my understanding, her mother's and father's relationship was strained, and he died at a very uh, when she was a very young girl, and she had issues with her mother. She was like a daddy's girl. And my aunt was telling me how my mother, uh, when she was younger, had very, very long hair. Hair went all the way down to her back. And uh, uh, and uh, different ones really loved her, and she was, like, kind of catered to. This is what my aunt was telling me. But how did she grow up to be dominant? How did she grow up... Uh, to have her first, I think, first two or three, I don't know, children out of wedlock. Because from my understanding, my grandmother uh, uh, was not as diplomatic, wasn't really a diplomatic woman. From understanding, my mother really 
My grandmother never really stayed home. My grandmother, uh, my grandmother put all the responsibility on uh, my mother's oldest sister and older brother while she went out. She really wasn't a home-type person. From my understanding, my grandfather, I never met him, was a quiet man, and he was a hard worker. So, but how did my mother end up getting this dominant personality? Had to get it from my grandmother. Had to get it from my grandmother. And not only from my grandmother, then when uh, my father and her married, and by him not knowing how to deal with pressure, he ran away from home at a young age from understanding so right there, that reveals either a form of rebellion or he had a problem with authority. And he didn't handle pressure well. We kind of see this with the average man in America anyway. They don't handle pressure well. The average man is a runner. When pressure comes, they run from the responsibility and lead the responsibility with the female gender. The wife, if they're not married, the girlfriend with their children. Now, I'm bringing all this out because it's very important. We're talking about uh, God restoring fathers to children and children to fathers. So, Evidently, there was something that was lacking in my father that wasn't developed. I'm not kicking my father to the curb, throwing him up under the bus. I'm speaking reality. I, I love my father, uh, uh, especially after I got saved. When I was a young kid, I loved him, but I grew not to like him because uh, he never was there. And so... Uh, uh, I can sense I, I, I have a sense of abandonment. Matter of fact, I was um, uh, uh, this morning in my morning devotion. I was reading, and in, uh, in, in the midst of reading, I was reading on how the spirit of rejection enter into children at a very young age. When he began to describe the roots. And the fruits of the spirit of rejection, I don't think there's nobody that I know that have not been challenged with the spirit of rejection. When he began to name the characteristics and attributes of rejection, that's it seemed like all of us need to be set free. All of us need to go through a deliverance session of rejection. Satan is a master manipulator. So I can see, I saw some characteristics and attributes in my life when I began to look at uh, my father basically was never there. My mother really wasn't there because she had to work. I mean, she had to work sometimes two jobs just to just to, uh, to make sure we didn't go into a foster uh, go into foster care. And and there was a level of major pride about my mother, which in, in a way was kind of good from this perspective. Uh, she never went on welfare, and she received welfare stuff from people because I can remember those, uh, that welfare cheese and <laughs> and I don't know if any of you all can identify with that uh, uh, on the broadcast, the welfare cheese and uh, I think peanut butter in a can. It was very, I was very young then. I can vaguely remember that. Uh, but people gave her stuff, but she didn't have faith enough to work and, uh, and, and to try to take care of seven children. Can you imagine how tough that is, uh, a female with seven children? And all of us are kind of almost like staff steps. It was a gap between the first three of the staff steps, then there was, I think, a year uh, a year or two between my other sister, then a several years between my younger, the next three. The next three were staff steps. First three staff steps, the last three were staff steps, and then one in the middle, which was a girl. So... Uh, uh, my father was a, 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 a runner, and every once in a while he may bring, drop some money off if he didn't drink it up. Uh, um, and he worked, though. 
but we didn't we didn't benefit from 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 the from his work. Uh, alcohol did, gambling did, but his family didn't. His priorities was all jacked up. Where you get that from? Because my grandfather wasn't like that. My grandfather was a hard worker, and my grandfather uh, uh, had one woman. My grandmother was still alive today. I think she'll be 105, if I'm not mistaken, uh, this year. 105, 103, somewhere up in there. Uh, this year. So, so my grandfather wasn't like that. Married one woman, stayed with that woman till the day he died. Where did my father get this from? Well, something was developed in him as a child to make him to be a runner, to make him be rebellious not to be responsible. So it affected our family. I look at my I look at my three sisters. Mother had four boys, three girls. I think uh and I think all of them all of their children uh was born out of wetlock if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 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 all of them. All their children was born out of wedlock. And it's not, you know, kicking my sisters to the curb, but they was affected. They was affected by the absence of their daddy. They were affected by a lack of a father's care, concern, love, protection. So... They still struggling today, and they they up in age. My older sister is a year older than me. The other sister is, I think, a year under me, uh, two years, one or two years under me, and then my uh, uh, youngest sister. All of them is affected because of the absence of my father. And my mother became dominant. She became hard. She became bitter. She got beat up every weekend. So my sisters, all of us were exposed to that. So think about it. So if my sisters were exposed to that, then what usually they going to marry? Or fall into a relationship with. They're going to enter into a relationship with the same thing they was exposed to. And I believe, and I personally believe, uh, my um, uh, this sister, they never said it to me, but I hear it all the time that my sister, especially my older sister, she's still bitter at my mother today because she felt like that my mother was more harder on the girls than she was the boys. And uh, and uh, uh, she loved the boys more than the girls. Matter of fact, she still said it today. I I didn't get it. If she did, I know she. I, I I can see that with my oldest brother. She had a great affinity for him, and the youngest one. He manipulates her now. Matter of fact, she act like that's her husband, my younger brother. So all of this distortion. Can you see? You, can you see when there's an absence of parental, a father's love, a father's care, a father's concern, a father's discipline? Can, when you see the absence, can you see how messed up we can become? God never created, God never designed a woman to raise children by herself. Nor God never designed a man to raise children by himself. So the enemy understands this. Let me manipulate the relationship. Let me get that man out of the house. Let me get that woman raising children by herself. Because what's going to happen, she's going to develop a personality that never was the will of God for her to develop. And usually people uh, 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 associate a woman like that with a spirit of Jezebel. And many times she developed that not willingly. Not willingly. Because there was no divine balance. And because there was no divine balance in the marriage union, one or two things are going to happen. If the father is absent, 
then the woman going to take on a male personality. Not all the time. Not all the time. Now don't 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 uh, uh, let the enemy manipulate you and say that's what's going to. No, no, it don't have to be that way. Because there is some single parents, mothers, that has raised up some successful children, and you, you can take this to the bank. It's by the grace of God. It's grace and grace only. They struggle hard. They work hard. And you hear some some very excellent success stories in in, in sport in the sports arena. Uh, uh, Isaiah Thomas' mother uh, bust him to go to a school outside of the neighborhood he, he was raised in. Saved her son. And he was a very, very successful basketball player and, and still a very successful man now because he's still actively uh, uh, in professional sports. But she had to do something to save her child. Instead of allow her child to be a victim of the environment that they was raised in, are you seeing the wisdom of that mother? And then you could take it to the bank because she was able to do that, and because he was good in sports. I guarantee you that the coaches or teachers found favor with him and began to help. Develop his manhood Because the mother can't A woman cannot develop a manhood A a, a male's manhood It's impossible Because he's not a a, She's not a male So I'm not saying that That's that's the case for every family Uh, Dwayne Wade is another case I heard his testimony I heard his sister uh, Testify about The environment that her brother was in, and uh, Dwayne Wade, uh, mother and father, uh, uh, was divorced, and she made a decision. She sent her brother, Dwayne Wade, to live with her father. So he had other children, other boys, so to get him out of that environment. Where would, be, where would Dwayne Wade be now, Isaiah Thomas be now, if those women did not make a decision a tough decision. Tough decisions. But they cared more about the success and the future of their children to do something. Now listen to uh, the testimony of Isaiah Thomas' mother, how she worked several jobs as well and tried to put her son in a in, in very good school for his success. And the young man is a multimillionaire today, very successful. Look at Dwayne Wade. Uh, uh, and, and look at Dwayne Wade, he's divorced. So can you see even the, the, the spirit uh, uh, that manipulated his father and mother, this same thing with him? Can you see these generational curses? The goal is to separate fathers from children, to separate fathers from children. Now, one of the things I do admire by Dwayne Wade from understanding that he do have custody of his, 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 his children uh, or his boys. I don't know how many kids he has. But I heard it was a, 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 a long-fought battle, but nevertheless. But I admire some of the young men that I'm seeing raised up, to, uh, being raised up, uh, taking responsibility. Uh, uh, and I believe that's got to be as a result of the prayers of the righteous that is ascended before the throne of God, that God will restore fathers to children and children to fathers. The enemy ultimate goal is to manipulate the children with the father, to manipulate the father with the children. You know, I love spending time, and 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 uh, and most likely the reason I'm like I am right now, I love spending time with my kids. I like doing things with them, going to movies, whatever the case may be, going out shopping or whatever case I want to do my shopping, but going out to uh, the mall or going out to dinner, because I never got that. Never, ever had it. Never went on a vacation. We never had a family vacation. <laughs> we never did nothing. I want to make sure that when my daughters marry, they can have some stories to tell about the time they spent their father. And I used to do this. I've been saying I'm going to do it, just haven't got around to it. I've missed it within the, probably the last two years. I used to have dates 
with my daughters, go on dates with them. I got to, uh, uh, and I believe the Spirit of God is ministering to, to the radio audience today, but at the same time he's ministering to me. I want to leave this, when I leave this earth, I want to leave an impartation to my daughters. When I leave this earth, I want the dimension of God, Jesus Christ in me to affect my daughters. And I'm seeing that happening now. I'm seeing a thirst. I'm seeing a hunger. I'm seeing a, a, a craving for God that's been developing them that I've never seen before within the last, started last year. That I'm seeing that begin to take place in them. And that's 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 been my cry from the moment uh, uh, I got married. It's that my children be raised up in the fear and the image of the Lord. But have I not made some mistakes, big time? Because I never had a model before me, a good model before me, at all. So uh, God will be your teacher. So we don't have to make excuses for not being good parents, good fathers. He would educate us and train us. We never had a good examples, which I didn't have. My my parents never sat down with me, and and because think about it, they they never finished school. I don't think they ever got out of uh, elementary school. They went to work in the field, so they couldn't help me with my schoolwork. They couldn't help me with anything. But I thank God that God has given me a wife that that's uh, that's that, that she's good at that, and she's been a tremendous blessing in aiding and assisting my. Daughters, because of being, being homeschooled in that arena, and that's where the power of a team comes in at. Team ministry, using your strength and your weaknesses. But I want my daughters before they be married. I want them to walk in victory over the spirit of rejection, fear, rejection that has come through my lineage, that's come through Kathy's lineage. I see a lot of things in her lineage as well. As I was looking at the spirit of rejection, uh, 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 the symptoms of it, the enemy wants to destroy us. You can never have a healthy relationship when you suffer in this challenge with a spirit of rejection. You can never have a healthy relationship with God, and you can never have a healthy relationship with your spouse. You can never have a healthy relationship with your children and no human being. Because when you suffer from the spirit of rejection, you will always see through the lenses of the thing, and you can never. When people are having a conversation with you, you're always you're always perceive the majority of the times things from a negative perspective than a positive. When people are trying to help you, you will take it as an attack. You will receive it as an attack, but you will never receive it as someone love you, care about you, want to see the best for you. One and they're speaking from a, a, a perspective of restoration, but you just look at it some other type in you because you're not healed. And then what happens when you get married? When you suffer from a spirit of rejection, reject rejected people reject people, and that's what happens. I was talking to someone about uh, uh, going back to. Uh, and, 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 and watch this right here. When you are challenged, and see, the majority of us, we are so self-deceived. We believe a certain thing about ourselves. You know why? Because usually what we believe about ourselves come from people on the outside, what they tell you. But they don't live with you. They don't see the real nitty-gritty. But you believe that and you accept that. And you really believe that's you when everybody else in the household say look at you totally different because you manifest something that's different in the household than outside the household. So we have a tendency to reject the assigned relationship. Usually siblings reject each other but embrace everyone outside of the family. Usually husbands and wives reject one another but cater to the relationship outside of the marriage. A woman receive uh, 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 all of her girlfriends. What the girlfriend say? She believed that, received that. The husband received his boys. What they say about it? So they accept relationships that's not have been assigned to them, but reject the ones that God assigned. You see how that deadly spirit operate? 
We got to be healed. We got to be delivered. We got to be set free. So men, God is calling us uh, to a place of restoration to restore our relationship with him so we can be restored to our relationship with our children. At least he's going to come and smack the earth with a curse. Malachi said he's going to come and smack the earth with a curse. Can we break the curse, men? Can we break the curse that's been released in the earth? Of course we can. What breaks curses? Blessings. And you and I cannot be blessed if we have abandoned our position as fathers. When we allow the Spirit of God to restore us back to our position as fathers, then heaven blessings will be released upon us. And blessings always is designed to break curses. That's the only way a curse can be broken by a blessing. How how curses come in existence is when we reject the will of God, the purpose of God, and then the curse comes in. That's how it works. The enemy's ultimate goal, and you got to understand this. Think about it. The curse comes because the male abandoned his post. But who is affected by that curse? The children. The children is affected by the curse. Look at our sons today. Look at our daughters today. And, 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 and look at the lifestyle of the young men and the young ladies today. A lot of our young people, young ladies, carry themselves like prostitutes. As they carry themselves. I didn't say they were. The way they carry themselves. The majority of our young people have no standards at all. They have no standard about themselves. They have no self, no, no self-respect for themselves. Because of the absence of the father, God has come to smack the earth with a curse. Now we see an, an erosion in, in the mentality, the behavior, the lifestyle of the young people today. No respect. We was growing up. At least we did respect the elderly. Now the young people today don't respect nobody. They don't respect their parents. They don't respect no authority. And, and what we do is just talk about it. And the Bible has already given us a solution. What's the solution? Fathers, we must be reinstated in our position of authority as parents, as fathers. Except there be a restoration of fathers with children, children, father, I'm going to come and smack the earth with a curse. That's what the Bible says. Then we'll get some religious person who said, well, Jesus came to redeem us from the curse of the law. You're taking out of the context of the curse of the law. He said the curse of the earth. And the law was never for everybody anyway. The law was only for the Jewish people. So we just get all stuff all mixed up, crazy up, and so therefore make an excuse why we won't take our responsibility as husbands and fathers and be restored to our position as unto the Lord Jesus Christ and understand that we have an assignment from God. We have an assignment from our spouses. We have an assignment from God that we must be restored with our children. And our children must be restored to with the fathers. That is a mandate by God. So we need to shake ourselves. But one of the problems even with that, that is also deadly, is because of the young men, has never had a relationship with a father and never been fathered. We don't know how to be fathers. But that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. It. That's where the father comes in. He said, I will be a father to the fatherless. Uh, I don't believe that I am a great father. I, the reason I say that, I'm still striving, I'm still learning, but I believe I'm a decent father. I know I'm not partial. God has graced me to be that way. That's my that's how I'm developed. I'm not partial with any of my daughters. I don't love ebony more than ecstasy. I don't love ecstasy more than any money. And vice versa. 
all of my daughters is different. Imani probably is the most affectionate out of all three of my girls. Uh, 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 I see spirits of rejection with all of them. Challenge spirit of rejection. Because they don't understand balance. They don't understand discipline. We have to teach them. We have to educate them. But I'm seeing them. I'm really, really, really is seeing a progression that's, uh, I know it's the Holy Spirit that's is teach, uh, helping them to understand. Because now I can really see them uh, uh, repent quickly. I can see them come and apologize quickly. Uh, uh, more now they're, they're maturing. They're maturing. Uh, I can see, uh, uh, and Exe does this uh, more than Ebony and, and the, the money. Uh, she'll come and say, uh, "I want to, uh, Daddy, I thank you for uh, sharing that with me. Uh, I appreciate you sharing that with me to help me see things from a different perspective." I see that with her. Uh, uh, she's really growing and developing in that area. But all of them got excellent qualities. All three of them. And then all three of them got challenges. That's life. That's parents too. Parents are still growing. And parents need to learn how to be real with their children and say, listen, I'm, I'm growing. I make mistakes. Will you forgive me? My parents ain't never, ever, <laughs> that I can ever recall. If they did, I don't remember them put it that way. Ever apologize for being wrong. About anything, maybe that was the mentality of the parents. Go say the parents, they don't have to apologize. You're the child. But can you see how devastating and deadly that can be to have that kind of mentality? Because what you do, you treat your child as a thing and not a human being. Once again, you treat your child like a thing and not a human being. And then they will grow up with full of pride. And never apologize when they're wrong. That's why we have to have balance to this thing. There is a call by God for restoration of fathers to children, children of father. And I think uh, what will help is some young man will submit themselves to another young man to help process them. And this is one of the most difficult things that I see in the body of Christ. I see a lot of young men uh, go to a pastor and say, will you, will you mentor me? Will you be my spiritual father? And what will happen many times, some of the pastor will say yes. But they don't know what to do. And the reason is that because a lot of us pastors has never been fathered ourselves, mentored ourselves. And so what we probably want to do is just give them scripture, Bible study, whatever the case may be, uh, go to the movies with them, but not understanding how to develop them for life, to help process them, put demands upon them to be responsible. Put demands upon them to respect you. When I mean by that, if you get them an assignment to meet you at a certain time and they uh, 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 constantly being late, you have to deal with that because that reveals they don't value you. If they don't value you, how would they ever value their spouse? How would they ever value their children? How would they ever value their boss on their job? How would they ever value someone else? They won't, but they don't know what that is. And if you as a leader, a mentor, don't understand these fundamentals, then the only thing you do is you're concerned about them liking you. Then you hurt them. You destroy them. Do you hold them accountable to how they manage their finances? Do you hold them accountable to paying tithes, offering first fruits? Your life must be a pattern before them. And you be real with them. And let them know about the mistakes you've made. Let them know about the bad decisions you made. They'll begin to trust you. But one of the reasons why 
a lot of young people, it's very difficult for them to submit to mentors, it's been, spiritual mentors. It's because a lot of us carry ourselves like we never made any mistakes. And then they, they look at the thing and say, man, how can I live this way? How can I do this? Parents, we need to be real with our children let them know, listen, we don't, I don't blow it. I don't miss it. But I don't want you to miss it. I don't want you to make the same mistakes I made. And then if your child ever made one of the mistakes that you made, you shouldn't be so devastated. Remember where you came from. Remember what you did. And God has been merciful to you. God has been gracious to you. Are you getting this today? So you and I have to come to the place, men, I'm talking to the men in the day, all of the men, all of the fathers, because there's a, a command by God for us to be restored to our rightful place with him as our father. As we submit and yield, the fatherhood of God can be developed in us. And then we can turn around and be fathers to our children. And God can break the curse that has been released upon the earth. Why do you think God is so concerned? Let's go back to the scripture book of Malachi. I'm going to send the spirit of Elijah in the last days. He's going to restore the fathers of the children and children of the fathers. He's going to come and smack the earth with a curse. Why do you think that God has such a high priority on the restoration of fathers and children? Why do you think? I'm going to tell you why. Men, fathers, has always been the agents of God for the continuation of heaven, the continuation of God himself, a continuation of the things of God in the earth. God can do nothing in your lineage without a man submitted to him. You never hear too much about, even though women does it and can, a woman leaving a legacy. You always hear about a man leaving a legacy. When he died, leaving a legacy. God wants to continue in the earth. And Satan understands this. This is why his ultimate goal is to disrupt the children. To try to turn them, to take another course, to block and to stop the momentum of the father. Tell me. You Bible scholars out there, tell me. Which king of Israel... I want you to name one king that you can see that was righteous, and the righteousness of that king went to three to four generations. It's nowhere in the Bible. It's nowhere. To show you and I something, that when there's a righteous king, usually their sons end up becoming wicked. And if their sons don't become wicked, then their grandchildren become wicked. And so now Satan now turns and distorts the kingdom. God got to come down and execute judgment because there was not a continuation of the righteousness of the Father. David is considered the most righteous, one of the most righteous kings. He's the most beloved king. It couldn't even get to the next generation. It, it could not get to the next generation. Solomon started out well, but he ended terrible. Why could he not take the righteousness of his daddy and take it to another level, another dimension, and, uh, and supersede his father? Because Satan understands. I cannot let the dimension of God that was developed in David, the love that David had for God, 
the faithfulness and the loyalty and the commitment and the dedication that David had to watch God, I cannot let it continue. So let me manipulate his son. I'm going to put a spirit of love for foreign women upon him. I'm going to cause him to become fascinated with foreign women. But I'm going to manipulate him to marry them. But when he married them, they're going to bring their gods into the relationship. And I'm going to cause him to love them so much that he's willing to abandon his God to serve his wife's God. Don't tell me Satan is not good. And so we don't see nowhere in the lineage of a king of Israel and a king of Judah, we see nowhere that a righteous king went to at least two to three generations. And I never thought about it until now. I know it's the Spirit of God revealing it to me, uh, quickening it to me. Never thought about it until now. But no, no, it's, it's not one. It's not one. So can you see the manipulation of the enemy with us? Same thing with them happening with us fathers. Which one of our children is going to take the dimension of our relationship with God, pray to all of them, and then impart it to their children, and the fear of God be upon their children and take it to their children? We have to fast and pray now. We can't wait. You can't wait till your children get married. You've got to pray for your grandchildren now. You got to pray for your children. You got to pray for your grandchildren. You got to pray for your uh, great grandchildren. You got to pray for your great grandchildren. Great great grandchildren. You say, but they're not alive. They're alive. They're just not here. They're just not here. In the mind of God, they're here. So God will take your prayers, and the, he will he will begin to move legally as a result of your prayers because you're an authority, Father. And even mothers, you can pray this too. So when your prayers will cause a divine connection with your daughters and son uh, and someone's son or your son with somebody's daughter, and bring forth a child that you've been praying for that have not. Uh, that is not in, in this realm, but as a result of your prayers, they'll be released to this realm. And God, the Holy Spirit, will govern their lives as a result of your intercession for them, even before they existed in this realm. God prophesied, prophetic word went towards uh, one of the men of God, Concerning a king that was going to be born, his name was. They told him what his name was going to be. His name was going to be Cyrus. I think a hundred years before the your child was even born, a hundred years, God said, "This is going to be a child, uh, a, a young man. His name is going to be Cyrus. He's going to be a king." A hundred years. So you can you can pray prophetic prayers concerning your grandchildren, concerning your great grandchildren. And your great-great-grandchildren, you can begin to speak, decree, and declare and release the declaration of heaven in your lineage now. Don't wait till the child, your child uh, 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 get pregnant or your son impregnate uh, 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 his wife. Begin to speak, decree, and declare. Begin to speak restoration of father children. You begin to speak, decree, and declare there will not be a divorce. You stop divorcement in your lineage now. You put a stop to the spirit of rejection in your lineage now. You speak, decree, and declare there will not be an abandonment of no male gender in my lineage now. You begin to speak that. You begin to decree that. You begin to declare that. And watch what God do. And when you are dead and gone, your prayers still live in the earth realm through the lineage of your sons in the lineage of your daughters, until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, God will be moving in the earth realm from generation to generation because of your intercession, your warfare, and your prayers. 
you can fast and pray for your grandchildren now without them even being in this realm. You can fast and pray for your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren now. God will honor your faith. He will honor your prayers, your intercession for them now. In the Holy Spirit, God has a legal right to enter into your lineage and begin to manifest the very thing that you've been praying for. Glory to God, my time is up. I pray that the Spirit of God is ministered to you. I want every male gender to go back to, uh, and, and listen to this again. Ladies, get your husbands on there and listen to them. Get your sons on there. Let your sons listen uh, to what the Lord has uh, spoke to us and challenged us with today. Well, this has been your host, Dr. E.J. McKenzie with the Master Key. Well, until when? Next uh, Saturday. Until Saturday. Look forward to being with you. Call your families and friends to join with us in our Saturday prayer of the supernatural, dealing with prayer, intercession, warfare, and the supernatural, the gifts of the Spirit. Love you. Thank God for you and appreciate you. I ask you to pray for me. I solicit your prayers. Let's pray for one another. Just don't get on the line. On the broadcast, pray for me. Pray for me that God will give me his heart and his mind. And God will give me exactly his heart and the mind for uh, um, uh, our radio uh, participants. So pray for me that I be in the perfect will of God. Pray for me that I be the father, the husband, that God has ordained, appointed, and wanted me to be. I solicit your prayers. Pray for me that I be the, be the, the leader in the body of Christ that God has called me to be. I ask you to pray for me. If you do it just once a day, call my name out. I believe God will ride on the wave of your prayers. And what you pray, according to the word of God, he'll begin to work it in my life. I love you. Thank God for you and appreciate you. Once again, this has been your host, Dr. Jimmy Kids with the Master Key. God bless you until Saturday. <laughs>